Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. We're back for the weekly show. It's the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, you naughty bunch of boys and girls. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Stockings on the Fireplace So Wash. Love it. On this week's episode, iSims Colin Day preaches... Hacker Rank acquires, grab a candy cane and shove it in your pie hole, Rudolph. We'll be right back after we pay for a few of these damn presents. Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. That's right. Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. Speaking of dinner. Yes. Tonight, first shout out, the Chad and Cheese annual holiday party. Here it comes. Goes down tonight in uh, lovely Fishers, Indiana this year. <laughs> we're going to pregame at your house, right? Then we're going to go eat the expensive food, maybe cigars or something. Who knows what will happen after that? Yes, you've got that all correct. Uh, who knows where the night will take us. <laughs> Selfies will be, will be had. Uh, sharing will be done. Uh, people will probably feel like they they were there with us tonight. I feel like they always do, which is why they bring us along with them everywhere they go. Yeah, and somehow they keep tuning in and keep <laughs> wanting to see shit. So anyway, uh, yeah, my first shout out. I'm always excited to see where uh, our annual holiday party takes us. Yeah, well, first shout out for me, and this is a double shout out. So first off, Kelly Robinson gets the first shout out first and foremost because oh, he couldn't believe... That we had to be reminded just how good Mariah Carey was. Hashtag <laughs> blasphemy. So Kelly, to be, to be fair, man, Joel can't remember what he had for dinner last night. So that he remembered Mariah Carey was a feat up, uh, upon itself. A bigger shout out was the measure of alcohol, whiskey aplenty, that Kelly, Red Dot Media... And the people over at Pager, the content app, 
actually sent to us. It was the 12 days of Christmas, which means we have 12 days that we will be. Joel's already shared his. I'm going to, after Christmas, the 12 days after Christmas, I think is when it starts, uh, I'm going to start the daily regiment of sharing those whiskeys online, social media, and we'll probably talk about it on the podcast too. Yeah, no no way could I wait for that. Kelly is on a full-on arsenal of our livers, uh, and I and I love it, for one. Didn't know he was such a Mariah Carey fan. Uh, <laughs> you know, didn't quite put that together. But yeah, this is a company called Flavier, I think is how you pronounce it. But they're sort of a, a birch box, stitch fix. Uh, what's the company you're using now? Hide Closet. Yeah. Hide Closet. Yeah. Hide Closet? Hide. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so you get like, you know, regular tastings and whiskeys and things like that. So this was sort of a 12 days sampling each day. Mm. Uh, I've had three of them already. <laughs> um, and they're... Quite delicious. This is over three days, by the way. I'm not I'm total drunk. But yeah, it was uh, it was great. And, and he has upped the game for everyone who's looking to get on our good side with. Yeah. Well, I, and I'd like to say this has been a great year for the Chad and Cheese podcast when it comes to mm-hmm. swag and liquor. Bayard sent us both whiskey. Uh, we had Recruitix send us beer shit talent nexus sent me beer for like three months or something like that so i mean we've had ample amounts of swag high quality swag and alcohol and uh, we're looking forward to 2020 because uh, we believe that uh, you guys can actually up your game (laughs) and we better get more sponsors because the cost of uh, liver transplants has gone up as far as uh, i've been reading in the news Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Rich Lucas. Uh, Rich heard our podcast uh, last week in regards to Monster sending out spam sales messages. <laughs> Apparently, he got one from Glassdoor and wanted to uh, share that with me. So, Rich, shout out to you, man, for sharing that with us. Glassdoor. Get on that spam train, baby. It's that time of year, people. It's Q4. Everybody's doing everything they can to kind of squeeze. Make those numbers. Yeah, make those numbers, people. My next shout out is to Sylvain Opizi uh, over at Nuvu, uh, soon to be talent.com. This week, I personally, and I'm sure you did too, uh, received a ton of messages on LinkedIn, Facebook, text messages uh, from last week's shred about Nuvu buying talent.com and also because of the Adzuna Shade podcast. Thanks so much, guys. We really appreciate you listening. Not to mention, this is also funny, Doug Monroe, who was really kind of like the focal point, the co-founder at Adzuna, who was throwing shade at at Nuvu, uh, just couldn't leave well enough alone, which I appreciate. I love the engagement. But on LinkedIn, Doug actually responded with, ha ha, bang on, guys. Thanks for the free psychoanalysis (laughs) and appreciate the free Adzuna name checks. Based on your feedback, we're thinking of rebranding as Chad and cheese.com that's because we're chad cheese.com uh-huh. uh, looks yeah. like that's available and Lover. my response was of course doug you're welcome and thanks for reminding me because we already own chad and to redirect the domain along with other domains like danger hr dangerous hr and dangerous podcasts all dot coms and you can see that they're all easy to remember and spell, unlike Adzuna. <laughs> 
Surprisingly, I got an email from Adzuna, which was a holiday e-card. Me too. Uh, and, and yeah, so we were added to the list. I love it. Uh, not opted in, but hell, what, what's what, whatever. Uh, so I was half, I was half expecting to like flip the card and get a middle finger, or maybe like <laughs> a big pile of shit or something. But it was just a photo of of the employees. So thank you for adding us to the list again. We totally love that. Doug coming back, interacting with us, just kind of throwing barbs every now and again. That's cool shit. We enjoy that. And so, yeah, Doug's Doug's on the holiday list. I mean, anybody who could take that kind of shit from us and come back and, and give us shit, I love it. Good stuff. And speaking of holiday lists, our, uh, our Chad and Cheese holiday cards uh, have been going out. <laughs> We're getting some uh, early feedback. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, Susan Vitale, who totally got our stepbrothers themed postcard. And replied on Twitter accordingly. So Susan, uh, as always, you're you're on top of your sense of humor and your pop culture and your uh, meat headed comedy. So shout out to you for that, and happy holidays to you and uh, and your baby and family. Yeah, and I think for Susan next year, you and I might do a Golden Girls version. That would be awesome. Yeah, a lot of stuff is <laughs> on the table, man. We could do like a Wham thing, you know, like one of us in a Choose Life T-shirt. I mean, there, there's a lot of ways we can go with this. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just beginning, people. Also, thanks to Josh Quincy and many others who sent us messages this week, and also the the person who said that in the photo, the caricature, I look like White Obama. Well played. Well, well played. I laughed so hard <laughs> when they were like, I thought that was white Obama. <laughs> and you're like, Obama's a good looking guy. I thought, anyway, that's fine. He is. Uh, James Ellis, again, with some feedback. He he uh, he found inspiration in the German Krumpus, which <laughs> is something that I think eats children that are bad during Christmas. Uh, I'm not up on my German folklore, but uh, leave it to James to throw eating children uh, and connect it to our postcard. Yeah, Thanks, I think it's Krampus, but I could be wrong. Krampus, Krampus, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, big shout out to Charu Malhatra and also Tabitha Ward. Thanks for connecting on LinkedIn and listening. And also remember, if you're a listener out there, feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Even We even have a Chad and Cheese Facebook page, but, but overall... It's very important that you subscribe first. So whether you're listening on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Crowdcast, whatever it might be, just go and subscribe and you'll get Chad and Cheese in your daily. Yeah, sorry, kids. Still no Chad and Cheese TikTok account. Maybe that's something we can look at in 2020. Ooh, that's a good call. <laughs> Big shout out to Evergreen Podcast, baby. Oh, Cleveland's own. That's right. That's right. In January, we will also be launching a new series of podcasts called Voices. Why? Uh, because many of the people that are out there who are influential are also behind the scenes. And we want to be able to ri raise them up and get some awareness to those individuals in our industry. So look for the new series within the actual Chad and Cheese umbrella. So just subscribe at Chad and Cheese and you'll notice new voices podcasts that are actually series. Voices carry. Till Tuesday, baby. <laughs> Let's get to the news.
Ah, so this one is pretty sad. What is it? What WTF, JWT, WT, what NSW? I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, RIP. So rest in peace to Wunder Thompson Employee, also known as WT Employee, which was also known as JWT Inside for years, well known in the industry. Uh, we were actually turned on to this by Steven Rothberg. Received an, he received an e- email and thought, wow, this is kind of weird shit. I hadn't heard from JWT in forever. Um, and it's because they were actually merged with another organization and they created Wunderman Thompson. <laughs> Overall, I'd never heard of this organization or WT Employ. So when I heard that they were shutting down, I was like, so what? I don't even know who the fuck these people are. Well, they're JWT inside. I don't get it overall. They they were fairly prominent in our industry and they had a ton of services that they provided, again, to their clients. But it seems like they really don't want to focus on the employment sector. And this is uh, actually a quote from uh, a high ranking individual at WT Employ. I pretty much ask, is this true that you guys are shutting down? And, and the response was, unfortunately, yes, that is true. Our offering apparently doesn't align with Wunderman Thompson's new leadership vision. So it's interesting because as you and I, talk to cult brands, everything they talk about is how the people inside the actual employment piece matters so much. But Wunderman Thompson, which is a big, flashy type of advertising company, uh, they that's not where their focus is going to be. Yeah. You know, someone needs to write a book on the recruitment advertising industry because yeah. you and I are old enough to sort of remember you know, the days of how much they made on, you know, display ads and the newspaper and how the business was pretty much uh, an order taking business. It was a schmoozing business, you know, companies chose agencies, you know, based on, you know, how many, how many uh, lunches they got, how many like special parties they, I mean, there wasn't a lot of sort of thought around what these business, there wasn't a lot of creativity in terms of like business. And then the internet came along and, and job postings became free to, you know, $100 a posting. And then agencies couldn't make the money. So then it was like, okay, well, let's be a tech company. So you saw firms launch their own ATSs and their own shit, right? And then 2008 happened, uh, the world ended. And then it was like, let's change our name. Let's change direction. What are we going to do? Let's uh, get acquired or acquire. And then now you're in this weird place where some of the some of the ones that have been around for a long time, you know, the shakers are making smart decisions. Um, and then others like JWT, the old days changed to WT Insight, and now it's like WT Employee, and now it's going to be gone. But the whole history of agencies is really fascinating. And I think a lot of younger people that are listening have no sort of context to where these things have gone in the last 20, 25 years. But there's been a ton of disruption and chaos in the agency uh, business. This actually says something, right? When, when we see companies like TMP, you know, Symphony, 
Shaker, Recruitix. You see these companies that are actually acquiring, thriving, building. I mean, this is like, this is the industry to be able to do, or not the industry. This is the economy to be able to build in this industry. But those organizations are all focused on the employment sector. JWT Inside, which became WT Employ, did all the things that you would think that they would do. Employment branding, experience strategy, recruiter toolkits. I mean, they're so so many things that they actually did. But I guess overall, in the grand scheme of things, from their quote unquote leadership vision, the employment piece just doesn't play that big of a part. So it's dead. Yeah, which is ironic to your point that, you know, employment and marketing in general are getting closer than they ever have been. And I think both of us agree that they will at some point unite in ways that they haven't in a long time. So maybe the timing is really bad. To shut this thing down. Yeah. And or the leader, the leaders in that organization aren't focused on a holistic type of a brand for their their clients. And maybe they will partner with a, a TMP or, you know, a shaker or what have you to be able to bring in that uh, that piece. Who knows? But if they're not going to have it, their their clients are going to get it somewhere. Yeah. So you believe it'll be more holistic where there's no employment brand. We're just building an entire brand for the company and employment will be part of that. Well, and that's the thing is that I don't think it works that way. I think you definitely have to think of all experiences and no matter whether the individual is coming to your career site or coming to buy something on your site, the interactions are, are different, but yet they're the same. They should feel like the same. You should you should still feel like a customer and taken care of if you're applying for a job. I, I don't think that they're probably focused on that. They're probably focused on the bigger revenue items as opposed to employment, even though employment, I believe, is really the, the foundation of where all of this goes in the first place. Well, WTF, WT Employee, RIP. Bye-bye. Colin Day, who's not going bye-bye, is also in the news this week for a video that he posted. What's up with that? So Colin, he's been doing these videos. I love seeing Colin out representing the brand. And I think, you know, as uh, they talked about Colin stepping away from being CEO and being chairman, that he would actually have more time to do some of these types of things and really be an evangelist more than anything else, which is, you know, he, he deserves after <laughs> after the amount of time that he actually uh, led the organization to kind of step back and, and be that evangelist. But anyway, he did a video he posted to LinkedIn and, you know, he focused on a, a couple of items. First and foremost, one of the things that we pounded away on one of our podcasts right when we got back, I think from uh, Arizona, the ISIM's Influence Conference was the average unfilled job costs an employer $680 per day. I'll say that again. The average unfilled job costs an employer $680 per day. If the chair is empty, that's costing the organization something. What is it? ISIMS was able to boil it down to $680 a day. So go ahead and extrapolate that out to all of your positions, et cetera, et cetera. And you start to get an opportunity, I think, to go to the C-suite and say, this is what we're losing on a daily basis because we don't have what we need to do our job. And overall, the broader economic scheme is $160 billion drag on the economy. So being able to, to push that kind of data out 
right out of the gate to be able to help employers, I think, become better storytellers is incredibly key. Yep, for sure. And I, uh, in addition to that, love sort of Colin pounding, uh, sort of pounding the table on the Google for Jobs issue. Yeah. And we've talked about that on the show as well. But, uh, you know, we get a lot of job board insight from people that we know that, you know, st- traffic has plateaued or it's declining, uh, you know, the impending death of Google for Jobs. And if you listen to Colin, it's a completely different story. And I think his story is one that we should listen to more so than job boards because he's actually at ground zero of where companies want candidates to go and job seekers to go, which is their own career site. So the fact that he's seeing growth, uh, gradual growth, um, I think one of the things that we said uh, in the last podcast from the show and Susan Vitale, uh, CMO, uh, you know, echoed this was that Google for Jobs is just like this marching army on all the competition and where Google for Jobs, you know, last year was maybe sixth uh, in terms of traffic to uh, company sites. You know, it's now number three, I think. And would anyone be surprised if next year it's number two? And would anyone be surprised if the year after that it's number one now? Um, That's what we're seeing from Google for Jobs. So when you get an ATS that's willing to put itself out there and give that information to the marketplace and say, you know, uh, indeed CEO be damned because, you know, if he calls me and says, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I think that's great for the, for, for the marketplace and great for companies and good on Colin day for putting his neck out there and, uh, and having a voice. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And I think on, on the Google for jobs, I mean, we, we've, already been through this story once before with Google and SEO. How do you rank better? How do you how do you do this better? I think first and foremost, what you need to do is align yourself with vendors who give a shit. I mean, that that's number one, because if you're with a applicant tracking system who literally just does not, they, they don't give a shit about whether jobs are on Google for jobs, let alone whether they're ranking well, that's a problem, you know? Um, and, and so from that standpoint, obviously, ISIM get, ISIMS gives a shit. And then you take a look at smaller companies that start up that start to uh, focus on being able to help ranking. So we actually had a firing squad with Jobiak, with Vencat from Jobiak. Uh, so I think that you're going to see companies like this start to gain steam because you know as well as I do, talent acquisition professionals are hearing Google for Jobs for the first time, believe it or not, and they're saying, what the fuck? How, first and foremost, do I get my jobs there? And then the next question is going to be, okay, well, my jobs are in there, but I can't find them. How do I rank better? And it's going to be something that actually matters because a couple of different things. First off, it's Google. I mean, let's just put that out there. And number two, they're sick and fucking tired of Indeed. That's that's what it is. It's one of those opportunities to be able to get away from the dark arts of bullshit that you have to deal with with Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and and typically ATSs don't care until their clients yeah. make them care, right? It wasn't until uh, Jobs to Web and other services, uh, direct employers, their program, take our jobs and optimize them for Google that ATS has finally said, okay, we, we need to, to do this ourselves. There doesn't need to be a layer in between us and, and Google. And hats off again to iSEMS for having the vision to say, look, we're not going to wait around for our customers to say, hey, you know, get us on Google for jobs and 
and get engaged with Google. They just went ahead and did it. And they've been a, a leader uh, in this space for a long time. Um, and hats off to them. Ultimately, every ATS is going to have to say, we need to be into in Google for Jobs. What's the schema that we need to adhere to? Um, and iSIMS is kind of leading the way. And the Jobiak and companies like that are, are helping spearhead uh, that movement. And that's all that's all good for, for Google and good for employers, direct employers, especially good for ATSs. Not so good for job boards, probably in the long run, and not good for Indeed. Um, but hell, the market is the market and uh, you either adapt or die. Agreed. Well, speaking of adapting, Canvas, one of the top adapters in our marketplace, let's hear from them and we'll talk about some acquisitions and golden bees. <laughs> Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform, empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video, or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser-focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io, and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. That's Amber Ferrari, everyone. And, and, and it's funny, <laughs> I just checked my Twitter, and Amber just yeah. got our card. She tweeted it on uh, on Twitter. Uh, best card yet. Thanks for the holiday card, Chad and Joel. Here's to Noel Cole for you this year. And she, she took the, the picture, it seems like, out of their new offices, possibly. Okay. Uh, is it on? Are they on the circle in Indianapolis? Yeah, they are, yeah. Oh, damn. That's good stuff. So we also need to, to get up there and make sure that we get Amon, his uh, his trophy. We're trying to schedule that. They've been kind of elusive. Hopefully, they'll listen to this podcast. And, They're busy uh, and straight up. So, a quick quick real life story. I was uh, uh, on a call for Ratedly, my little side you know project or uh -huh. solopreneur issue. So, uh, the company I was talking to just purchased Jobvite as their ATS, and Canvas was a major part of that decision. Uh -huh. So, good on Canvas, good on Jobvite. Apparently, the integration is working. Yeah. Well, again, it's one of those things where if you have the features and you have the productivity tools that uh, companies want and need, it just makes sense. Like chatbots, texting, I mean, all the way through programmatic, uh, they're going to want to listen to you because that means they don't have to buy a shit ton of other layers to try to integrate with your system that should be integrated already. Yep. And speaking of acquisitions and integrations. Let's talk about acquisitions. Da, 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 da. Ba, da, da. Yes. Acquisition out of France, people. <laughs> Figaro classifieds acquire golden bees. <laughs> okay. Shout out to uh, Eva Zills over at onlinerecruiting.net and Nathan over at AIA for sending this uh, this our way. But Figaro Classifieds, they acquired a majority stake in the programmatic job ad tech provider, Golden Bees. For, Figaro is pretty much just like a sexy Craigslist. 
I mean, it's it's a classified system. It's it, it looks good. It's easy to navigate. And go figure, they have jobs. It makes a lot of sense, especially knowing that Figaro Classifieds is part of the Figaro Group. It's a large media company with many print and online titles. And apparently, it's comparable to a company you might know called Axel Springer, mm-hmm. who owns Stepstone, who bought AppCast. The Germans. Yes. So the Germans are doing their thing with their online publications, their stepstones, their programmatic with AppCast, which we thought I, I I think was probably one of the best, if not biggest buys of the year, the acquisitions of the year. And then these guys, Figaro, Figaro goes in and, Figaro. They, and they buy Golden Bees. Now, we, we've never heard of, I've no. never heard of Figaro or <laughs> Golden bees, but this seems like a play to you know try to stay at least in step with the market in Axel Spring. Sure. So is this five programmatics in the last quarter? I guess of this year. Yeah, five or six. Let's start a programmatic fucking advertising (laughs) solution and get acquired next week. Yeah, there's always one in Germany that we don't talk about. I think it's called. Campana or something like that, okay. and just because it was so small and we haven't heard of it. And but I think there are like six programmatic companies that have been bought yeah. at least within the last five months. Yeah, and I love that as you and I live this stuff, we get news every day, tips every day. Like we're we're on this all the time, and I love it when something passes our desk. Like who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> Because it's such a big world and startups and companies are all over the place and we can't even keep up with this shit. So it's just really nice, like golden bees. I was like, what is that? Yeah. Oh, programmatic. Okay. Figure out classifieds. Okay. Got it. Cool. Uh, That's always, that's always nice. And it's nice to see the global impact of what we do and what we uh, live every day, get just more and more uh, influential in people's lives. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in one of the statements they made, the company wanted to move toward performance-based advertising models. This is the thing, and this is what we talked about with StepStone, hopefully being able to surge, at least in Germany, and and then obviously break through those boundaries throughout all of Europe into what's already happening in the US, but to be able to really drive performance-based advertising throughout Europe and beyond, uh, and then also hopefully start to catch up to what we're doing here in the U.S. All the all the technology is not happening in the U.S. It's happening everywhere. And that's a great thing for everybody. Now we just need more robots in more countries to take over. Yeah. Absolutely. All we need to do is, all we need are robot heads, 10 guys <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. That's right. Uh, all right. Closer to home, another acquisition, yep. uh, HackerRank enjoyed our conversation with their CEO, but they've made a really cool acquisition that really feeds well into their business. Yeah. In Mimmer, Mim, Mimmer, I don't know Mimmer. how to pronounce it. Mimmer, Mimmer. sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. And uh, so Mimmer is basically um, software for teachers who are teaching technology, engineering, development, all that good stuff. Uh-huh. So it's essentially a cradle to grave strategy where uh, HackerRank takes these kids or funnels them uh, to being students, now being full-fledged developers, and now getting them into the workforce. So I think we both 
we both agree this is a great acquisition um, and feeds really well into the funnel that HackerRank needs to keep their database full of uh, functioning professionals mm-hmm. for clients to pay them money to get them into the door and into their companies yeah, to yeah. employ. For those who don't know out there, HackerRank, and this is from their website, the market-leading technical interview platform to identify and hire developers with the right skills. Now, we've known HackerRank as more of a practicing and coding of, you know, for, for, for interviews. Um, but they're really focused heavily now on trying to parlay that into getting these individuals pipelined into companies. Now, Mimmer, which I think, you know, Mimmer, instead of having professors in the classroom, you could have a 10 guy head do this. Anyway, um, it, it provides <laughs> the tools for instructors. Again with the robots. Provides the tools for instructors to effectively teach computer science courses of any scale without pretty much overall. It's great from a scalability standpoint and has all of these courses involved in the actual platform itself. So here's the beautiful thing. As Joel had said, cradle to grave, they're working with an enormous amount of organizations of which UCLA, Purdue, Oregon State, Michigan State, um, working with corporations like Google. They have uh, how, like 15,000 to 20,000 students already using the platform. This is pipelining. This is what pipelining is, people. When you actually take people who are doing what you need them to do and you can pipeline them into your jobs, these are the types of organizations you need to get involved with. Now, let's say, for instance, on the teaching side, there are gaps from a coding standpoint or maybe languages or what have you. That's where you work with Mimmer to be able to add those into their repertoire, right? Into into their course collection. And guess what? You start pipelining them through HackerRank into your, into your fucking jobs. I mean, from, from my standpoint, it's great that a company like HackerRank, and, and I think Vivek and I think what they're doing over there is just outstanding. But to be able to see something like this, I think is fucking genius. Yep. And uh, so Memor had raised about two and a half million dollars in a series A. So I'm, you know, it's safe to say this wasn't a crazy acquisition. So from a out of pocket expense, uh, probably very reasonable. And what they'll get back from it is, uh, is probably on the plus side. So overall, we really like this acquisition. And I think from what we know of Figaro and Golden Bees, that was probably a good acquisition as well. Yes. When we talked to Vivek, we we talked to him a little bit about this and he said, no, not right mm-hmm. now, but it's something that we're looking at, you know, down the road, apparently just a few months down the road. So great job, Vivek, and and big applause to uh, to the whole team over there. Right. Big applause. Well, speaking of acquisitions and ones that should happen soon, uh, let's get a word from JobAdX and we'll come back and talk some freelancing shit. Oh, yeah. So how's the hiring going? Find those purple squirrels? With applicant after applicant, it feels like I'm just getting further from hiring the right candidate. I've got tons of applications, but none of these candidates are even close to being the right fit. Volume is great and all, but my small team doesn't have the time to sift through hundreds of mismatched applications. I want more relevant candidates, not just more candidates. Well, get this. Job Addicts has been helping small to medium businesses get their job ads in front of targeted active job seekers. By matching your jobs to a candidate based on their search behavior across a vast network of niche job sites and talent networks. And the best part, it's self-serve. 
No sales reps, no chatbots, no spend minimums. Just fill a form with your name, number of jobs, and a budget you're working with, and voila! Your ads are now shown over a growing network of 150 job sites. Better yet, those company videos that showcase the value of being part of a small team can have a new home now within your ads, helping you stand out and share your vision proactively. Wait, what was that? Oh, I just signed up for self-serve with Job Addicts. What were you talking about? <laughs> that fast, huh? Jumpstart your targeted recruitment with Job Addicts today. Visit jobaddicts.com and click that Get Started Risk-Free button. It's jobaddicts.com. Job Addicts. Engage. Attract. Employ. We have three interesting stories that came out this week on freelancing, and I'm happy starting with, with whichever one you'd like. Yeah, I'd like to start with the high-paying ones first. Sure. CNBC actually put out the highest paying freelance jobs of 2020, where you can earn $90,000 or more. MBO Partners actually put out a study and more than half of full-time independent workers say that they feel more financially secure in their current roles than they did with traditional jobs. And we're talking about freelancers here. And they listed some of these jobs, uh, which is interesting because you never thought corporate law would be a freelancing job, right? But it is corporate law, contract law, management consulting, ERP, CRM, software, that made sense, uh, data visualization, machine learning, the deep learning, all that fun stuff that uh, we've talked about, especially around AI. Here's one that I thought was crazy. Presentations. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Presentation designer and writer, hourly rate, $50 an hour, annual rate, uh, prospectively uh, $100,000 a year. Yeah. What caught my imagination on this was that, yeah, you have sort of the high level stuff, AI, data shit, you know, stuff that a lot of people feel is out of reach, but you had a good amount of stuff, you know, presentation designer. Uh, I think there was like email automation uh, marketing support, you know, stuff, stuff that, you know, you don't have to be a genius to be able to do and make good money at. And I think that that was what stood out to me was freelancing is, is moving from sort of high level programming stuff to just about anything. And if, you know, if, if I'm someone looking to, to make extra money or even like, what are my career choices moving forward? I think that the freelancing route is opening itself up to just about everyone. And that alone is is pretty exciting. It creates tremendous challenges for full-time employers mm-hmm. um, and how they how they interact and engage with you know freelancers and contractors and full-time employees and how that all works out. But it's clear like this is where the world is going and companies need to adapt if they're gonna thrive. So there's a resumes and cover letters job category. Sample yeah. careers as professional development writer, career coach, uh, cover letter, and LinkedIn support. So uh, Tim Sackett can get on the career coach bandwagon and, and knock this out. There you go. About $90,000. I mean, it's interesting to see, as you had said, just the span and type of positions that are available out there to be able to help people. Yeah, I think that the the major hurdle for most people is healthcare and the the, the inability to get that. If if that hurdle ever goes away and we either have universal healthcare or whatever that looks like, I think the world becomes very interesting and people's amenity to want to be freelancing goes through the roof because like you said, 
you know, I could freelance and have 10 clients that I'm, you know, getting $500 from a month versus one employer where if they let me go, I'm out of a job, right? I can work on 10 different projects, 10 different companies, 10 different things like that to me is a lot more appealing. It's the healthcare issue that I think is really stopping a lot of people from diving headfirst into freelance nation. Yeah, no, it is. And it is stifling innovation. If people actually had an opportunity to step back and get away from their job that they hate and they got to do something that they loved, yes, would there be a, a bunch of failures? There's no question. But out of those failures, would there be innovation born? Of course. And I think that's one of the problems that we are still living in a system that was built decades, but shit, century, possibly ago. Sure. Industrial revolution. Yeah. We need to think fashion forward and what is better for people. When Japan has a four week or four day work week and they see more productivity out of that, is that a long term scheme? I don't know. These are the kind of conversations that we should have so that we understand that we don't live to work. You know, we work to live. Yeah. And I think that could segue nicely into sort of the California law, yeah. right, that we've talked about and treating freelancers or contract folks as full-time employees. And Uber is at the forefront of this. And, and we'll talk about their UberWorks initiative as well. But, you know, I think there's good intentions in government saying, well, these folks need full-time benefits and they need to be treated as full-time employees. But we are starting to see stories out of California where freelancers are having work dry up because companies just say, fuck it. And I'm just, we're just saying, we're not going to deal with it. I'm not saying that's every right. freelancer in every company, but we're definitely going to see growing pains as we legislate some of this stuff. And at least in this case, another story from CNBC was this freelancer was starting to see jobs dry up for the simple fact that companies had to treat him differently than a contractor. Yeah. I think as companies look for loopholes on how to do things cheaper, uh, how they can get things done faster. These these are going to be the growing pains that we have to deal with, especially when it comes to protecting employees. And if they're not seen as quote unquote employees, there's no protection around that. And that's just total bullshit. You know, we have to actually take a different look and different measures and how people are actually um, treated from dollars, cents, flexibility and benefits. Like we were just talking about universal healthcare. I mean, is that something that a company should be bestowing upon their employees or is that something that everybody should have? And, and I mean, I think it's fairly easy. Everybody should have healthcare. That just makes a more healthy society. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think this law happens if people have healthcare because I don't think, I don't think freelancers are, you know, clamoring for, benefits if they have health care. How many people stay at their company for health care? Well, and we could call that a ball and chain too. Well, going back to Uber, uh, they're trying to make money. And so there's a story out as well, how they're opening, uh, this out, actually came out today. Uh, they're going to be opening, or they're going to be aggressively going after UberWorks in Florida um, in the coming months, um, which kind of makes sense. Florida is probably not going to have legislation uh, for full-time employees, you have the Super Bowl dropping uh, in February, um, so it's a good time to get freelance work uh, that way. But this goes beyond driving a car. 
to your service industries, uh, your people that don't necessarily drive around uh, to help service folks. And this this sort of goes to the whole theory of, you know, Amazon used to be a book company, right? And you thought of them only as books. And as Uber tries to grow into more revenue opportunities, I think they're hoping that they go from being a car service to being like an entire uh, entire work platform, which would be interesting. And certainly they'd have a competitive advantage just by brand and by, I guess, scale. But what do you think about this move to, to Florida and kind of amping up their uh, Uber Works initiative? I think it's interesting because Uber Works, at least what we've learned thus far, it's not a platform like Uber from the standpoint of you can't go in there and actually find people. It it has to be facilitated through a partnership with a staffing company. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the layers that Uber wants to get away from is being able to point at these people and say, oh, they're employees, right? Now in Florida, I don't think that's currently a problem, but they, they long term, it's going to be a problem, which is one of the reasons why they're looking to partner with staffing companies. So I'm really interested to see how this model matures. Even if it does, I I think it could because smaller staffing companies don't have the resources and or budget to be able to build infrastructure like the Uber app or any of the Uber technology. Uh, Will they they actually uh, buy into it? Or will a job.com model come around? Uh, and actually win the day. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely be interesting. I think I think we both uh, agree that as long as they don't get rid of the scooters, we're okay with whatever happens. <laughs> That's right. You leave those jump scooters alone and lift. I love the lift scooters too. And potentially die is a good thing. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's a thing too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, freelancing shit. It's all the rage. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to. What's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.